Welcome back to the Simplifying Super Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Masters. Thank you for being here. In episode 13 of this series, I'm joined by one of the most respected voices and experts on self-managed super funds in Australia, his Super Concepts Executive Manager, Graham Colley. Now, in today's conversation, we sit down to chat through the self-managed super fund, and hopefully you'll get a good sense of whether an SMSF is the best vehicle for you to save for your retirement. Now, before we get into things, here's a quick reminder. This podcast is general in nature and hasn't taken your circumstances into account. It's important you consider your personal circumstances and speak to a financial advisor before deciding what's right for you. Any general tax information provided is intended as a guide only. Now that that's out of the way, Graham, thanks for joining us here on Simplifying Super. Thanks, Adam. It's great to be with you. Let's jump into a bit of background about your role. As mentioned, you're Executive Manager at Super Concepts. It's a superannuation consultancy firm. Graham, what does your role involve and how long have you been enveloped in the business of superannuation? Well, I'll let you know about Super Concepts to start with. It's an administration company and we look after the needs of about 45,000 funds and their advisors. Uh, my role is to provide technical help on complex issues which are linked with the funds administration. I mean, that includes assisting staff in problem solving and helping advisors and fund trustees with compliance of their funds with the superannuation rules. Now, I've been involved in superannuation since the late 70s, probably older than you, and when uh, super was developing into a huge system as it is today. So that's included being involved in policy development at the government level, as well as helping clients understand what super is all about. <laughs> well, I can neither confirm nor deny on the age front, but <laughs> safe to say you know a thing or two about retirement planning, that's for sure, Graham. Now, hopefully that offers a bit of insight into Graham Colley, the man. For our listeners, let's dig into the meat of why we're chatting today, though, the self-managed super fund. Graham, can you tell us what exactly is an SMSF? Well, Adam, a self-managed fund is the personal superannuation fund, which these days can have up to six members. Um, it requires you as a member uh, to be also be the trustee, so you're responsible as a director of the a corporate trustee or as an individual trustee for all decisions about the fund, but you can employ professionals to help you do the job. And Graeme, is there any indication on the number of Aussies around the country who actually have a self-managed super fund? Well, Adam, the latest figures we get from the regulators, which is the ATO, who looks after self-managed funds, that tells us that there's about 600,000 self-managed funds in existence and they've got around about 1.12 million members in them. So for most funds, they've got about uh, one or two members in them. That's around 80%. And the rest have got three, four, five and six members in them. Now, you won't believe this, but self-managed funds control about $754 billion in investments and that's out of a total superannuation pool of around about $3 trillion. All right, so no small sum we're talking about here. Um, so we can understand the options in the market then. What are the key differences between, say, a traditional super fund and, and an SMSF? Okay, well, the main difference, I think, is that uh, self-managed funds are controlled and operated by their members, uh, where a traditional super fund's managed by professional trustees who look after all the aspects of the fund's operation. Um, those funds have millions of members or more. I mean, some of the really big funds have got well over a million members. And the members don't really have a, a say in how the mon money in those traditional funds is invested. Uh, but members can still select investment portfolios that consist of a combination of conservative, balanced and maybe growth assets. 
Okay, and, and just taking a closer look at those members for a second, is there any particular profile of who an SMSF would be best suited for? I mean, is there sort of Australians from a particular workforce or is there a background who tend to favour this kind of fund? Well, I'd like to be able to give you a sort of an average self-managed superannuation fund, but it's a bit like the average Australian. There's no real particular profile for a self-managed fund member or fund, but the main thing is that they should be prepared to get involved in the running of that fund. That means that they need to have a reasonable understanding of the contribution, investment and payment rules, and anyone who wishes to get into a self-managed fund, they do things with the running of the fund. But if you're not prepared to do that, then you're probably not the right person to have a self-managed fund. So self-managed funds are not for everybody. I think the main thing I like to see out of it is people being engaged uh, in the operation of the fund. And even if you need to outsource that to maybe accountants and other professionals, um, then they're probably the right people. Yeah, it sounds like there's uh, some really good benefits in an SMSF, but like most things in life, right, there is some work involved. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Graeme, let's dig a bit deeper. I'm just curious about what some of the, you know, the quirks are that come with a, a self-managed super fund. I understand from my somewhat elementary knowledge, I should conf- confess up front, um, I understand some of the assets held inside can actually differ from, say, traditional funds? Yeah, they certainly can. Um, I mean, they're often much smaller because self-managed funds um, around about an average of uh, over a million dollars each. So they're not like the billions of dollars that you might have in some of the large traditional funds. But the investments do differ from the point of view that um, some funds have got a high concentra- concentration of investments in just one investment category, such as cash, shares, fixed interest or property. Um, and high concentrations are not found in the um, the more traditional funds. They've usually got a nice diversified spread. So. For anyone thinking about a self-managed fund, they need to be able to justify why they've invested in the way they have, and that's required to be included in the fund's written investment strategy in any case. So let's say that one of the listeners out there today has heard you explain the fundamentals of an SMSF. Let's say that they're already in a traditional fund and perhaps they're now interested in transitioning to an SMSF. How would they go about it? I mean, what should they do to get this ball rolling? Well, I think the first thing is to do your research, like anything. If you you don't want to you know, jump from the high tower when you've never done it before sort of thing, and to see whether a self-managed fund's right for the, the individual and whether they're willing to take responsibility. And I suppose the next step would be to contact someone who can set, out, uh, set up a self-managed fund for you, uh, someone like an accountant, maybe a lawyer, financial planners or fund administrators can help uh, set up the uh, self-managed super fund because they've usually got contacts if they can't do it, who provide packages um, to get the self-managed fund up and running. Now, I suppose once you've got the fund up and running, that's when it's all over to you. And um, once that's happened, uh, you can roll benefits over from other funds that you might be might be a member of, such as the traditional fund, and you can make contributions to the fund, providing those contributions are within the rules. Um, then once you've got the money in the fund, you need to invest it because that's your responsibility as trustee. Uh, And then finally, you'll probably have to pay benefits out such as lump sums and pensions uh, to members when they get old enough or when they qualify. And you've touched on it there briefly, I suppose, but you've mentioned also that the SMS 
SF structure requires a little more by way of member involvement. And obviously there are options out there for uh, professional financial planners, accountants, lawyers, et cetera, to be able to offer that, that further support and guidance. But before you even, I guess, get to that level of um, conversation, should anyone out there who's considering going down the SMSF path have a, a, a level of assumed knowledge or financial literacy before taking on this type of fund? Well, I think that's complemented with the research you would do, um, that you would need to learn what the upside and the downside of having a self-managed superannuation fund is because um, when you become a trustee of a self-managed fund, you're responsible for it, for everything to do with that fund. Even though you might outsource that to a professional, if the regulator comes along and they're not happy with the fund, then you're the one who's going to answer, um, even though you might... Uh, use those uh, professionals to provide good advice to you. Um, so I think it's a look before you leave you, um, when you get involved in a self-managed fund. And um, if you, anyone considering um, the self-managed fund, again, should do that research to see whether it's right to them and don't rush into it. Think about it. Take a little little time to do that. Um, and, I mean, for me, I think the web's a good source. Um, I mean, we use it for so many things these days. Um, there's information both on the ATO and the ASIC website, as well as other commercial websites that are around the place. And Graham, at the time of recording, many of us are in COVID lockdowns at the moment. We're not perhaps going outside and doing as many things as we would like to, like we used to. So plenty of time to maybe do some reading. So as you say, the ATO and ASIC website is probably a good destination if you're interested in learning a bit more on that front. Um Graham, I'm going to hit you up with a question. I'm actually going to use a setup that one of my former colleagues used to use on me. Imagining that, say, I'm on a train and you're on the platform, the doors are about to close and you need to tell me something important quite quickly. What is your key message to listeners, you know, in summarizing the main benefits of self-managing your retirement savings? Oh, that's a good question. Um, the doors are closing. Um, <laughs> control and flexibility, I think, are the two main reasons why you'd have a self-managed fund uh, and be responsible. I think that, uh, you know, if someone says that to me, you think, okay, well, what do I need to think of next, you know? Okay, and I think we've covered off the benefits quite well here on Simplifying Super. I'm just wondering on the flip side, are there any risks or things that our listeners should consider before maybe making the dive into the SMSF world? Well, don't forget that as a trustee of a self-managed fund, you've still got the same sorts of investment risks as though you've done the investment in your own name. So some people have the sort of uh, misconception that a self-managed superannuation fund gives you another level of protection. It does from the point of view that it protects your, your retirement savings, but the investment risk associated with that superannuation fund, as I said, is no different to if you invested in the same investment in your own name. So that's an important consideration. You make some great points there, Graham, and it it's really good to know that Australians have that freedom if they're ready, obviously, and equipped to take on a self-managed super fund. We are unfortunately out of time on today's episode, but I'd like to thank you, Graeme, for being here today to help us unpack the SMSF world. Your time and expertise is much appreciated. Listeners, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Simplifying Super on your favourite streaming service. That way you'll stay right up to date when our new episodes arrive each fortnight. And lastly, as Graeme just mentioned, a reminder... Always seek tailored financial advice that's relevant to your personal circumstances before making any important financial decisions.